This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You had to know that when Wingstop set out to make a crispy, juicy chicken sandwich, they wouldn't make it in just one flavor. They'd make it in all 12. Like lemon pepper, mango habanero, hickory smoked barbecue, and OG hot. So why have one new favorite chicken sandwich when you can have 12? Try the new sauced and tossed Wingstop chicken sandwich today for only $5.49 at Wingstop, where flavor gets its wings. Valid for a limited time and available at participating Wingstop locations only. While supplies last, price subject to applicable taxes and fees. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Coleman, and in this episode, I'll be talking once again to Tom Coleman, who is a Cardiff City writer for Wales Online. He's on to share his thoughts on Cardiff City ahead of this match against Fulham. This is our view of the opposition show, which is our preview for this upcoming match. I look forward to doing the show, but I have to welcome back my guest back to the show he was on last year. Tom, welcome back to Cottage Talk. Thank you for joining me tonight. Hi, Russell. It's, uh, it's good, to, good to be back on. Thanks for having me. Well, it's very good to have you on to help us preview this match from a Cardiff City perspective. So why don't we just start from the beginning? Let's talk about the season so far for Cardiff City and just overall thoughts, and then we can talk about individual matches. And I also want to get your thoughts on the summer transfer window. Um, all right. Well, I mean, I guess, I guess we'll start with with the season for Cardiff, and I mean it's been, I, I would say slightly below par. Um, results have been a bit inconsistent. Um, the away form has not been good, um, but on top of that, I think a lot of fans are growing increasingly concerned about standard of the performances. Um, we all know Neil Warnock likes likes that sort of direct style of football and everything, but um, there's a great there's a growing concern here that you know the championships are different league already compared to the league that, that Cardiff uh, did so well in a couple of years ago. Um, so I, I, for me personally, I, I, I'm starting to worry that, that, that Cardiff are looking a little bit too one-dimensional. 
especially in the final third. I mean, they they just can't seem to score at the moment. Um, but it has been. It's important to remember that it has been on the back of 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 a summer of great transition. I mean, first of all, it started off with plenty of questions over whether Neil Warnock was going to stay. Um, obviously, the um, I think the Emiliano Salas saga really did hit him hard, and I think it really did kind of cause him to question whether he was really going to, whether he really had the energy, I guess, to, to, to stick out for another season. Um, obviously, he decided to stay on, and I think many Cardiff fans were, 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 were pleased with that, and you can understand why. I mean, when you're in the Championship, there's not many managers who know it better than Neil right. Warnock. Um, but um, I, I, they, they've also lost a lot of a, a lot of first-team players too this summer. I mean, Aaron Gunnison's been a big loss for them. Um, Bruno Manga being sold, uh, I think, to be honest, the, the club didn't particularly want to sell him, but I think he was he wanted to be closer to his family and Neil Warnock was that type of guy. He's not really going to sort of deny someone like that. I mean, I, I think I, I think if he absolutely could, I think he would have kept Manga because to me, I'm kind of surprised really to see Manga um, Manga go to go to France because for me he was one of the few players in that squad who uh, who I believe was genuine Premier League quality. Um they brought in Aiden Flint from Bristol City and okay yep. he's done he's he's looks like he's forming a, a decent partnership with Sean Morrison. I mean it's, it's they're a pretty formidable pair in the air, but I'm sure we'll get to that in a minute. The loss of Ken Zahor, I mean Ken Zahor is is a very divisive figure among Cardiff City fans. There's many who sort of think that um Tom, I rate him by the way. Really, huh? I rate him. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's I, I, it, it's a difficult one because I, people remember the flashes of brilliance. I mean, I, I remember that game against Leeds United when um, when Cardiff were last here, and he was absolutely superb that day. And then there was that game against Villa as well, where he turned John Terry inside out. People, I think, remember those. But the fact of the matter is, as a striker, he's not scored enough goals, um, and he's not really he's not really shown enough form to really. Um, I, I guess warrant his uh, his status as a first team starter week in week out, and I think when West Brom came in with a bit of I believe it was about eight million pounds, I think it was seen as good business. And um, you know, Warnock wanted a new striker in anyway, and you know that, that kind of increased the pressure, I guess, in the transfer window. They brought in Robert Glatzel, who uh, from uh, from the second league in Germany, and you know he he, he looks a decent player, but he desperately needs a goal. Desperately needs to get that confidence up and settle into the championship. And uh, Isaac Purcell, who I mean, I know very little about because he's been injured for so long. But um, <laughs> he's looked lively when he's come on. But I mean, again, he's scored on his debut, but um, hasn't quite hasn't quite um, shown that cutting edge yet. We've seen Omar Bogle come back into the fold when uh, when it looked for it. It looked that he was he was going to be off in the summer. Same with Lee Tomlin. He's somehow come back into the fold, despite all the signs pointing to an exit. You know, there's been a lot of um, there's been a lot of a lot of upheaval. Um, strangely enough, actually, I think what the one player that they're really really missing is is a Harry Arter, midfield general type player. Is is the sort of player that I think they've been missing. Uh, Marlon Pack looked looked very much like he was going to going to be that player. Um, you know, the sort of one who can um, offer a bit of protection to Joe Rowles because Joe Rowles, I think, when he gets that protection and is allowed to express himself a bit more in, in the middle of the park, he can dictate games a lot more. 
um, which is very important for for a Cardiff City team who don't have have a lot of possession anyway, even when they're playing against the weaker team. So I think you know Harry Arthur's been a massive miss, and then add on top of that, you've got injuries. Um, yep. Neil Etheridge again, a, a player who I think is you could make the argument that he is um, he, he he could easily get, uh, play for a Premier League team. Uh, there was interest, I, I understand, from from a couple of Premier League clubs in the summer. Uh, that I think Cardiff probably did well to keep hold of him, if I'm honest. But um, I mean, I know they've got two decent keepers in the form of Joe Day and Alex Smithies, but I think Neil Leth- Neil Etheridge has been a big miss for them, not just because of his talents, but because you know players can have that influence, can't they, on 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 their teammates and uh, right. you know someone who's been been there and seen everything you know I think Etheridge is, is a big miss same with Sol Bamba as well to me I think I mean controversially I, I I would say Bamba is a better defender than Sean Morrison but I don't think Sean Morrison will ever be dropped because he's the captain and Warnock likes him but I, I, I nevertheless think that, that Bamba's been been a big miss so it really has just been a, a whole mixture of reasons that, uh, that, that, that have kind of created this um, this sort of <laughs> I don't know. It, 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 like I said, it, it does feel like it's a little bit below par. It, it does feel like Cardiff haven't quite uh, found a rhythm yet, haven't quite raced out the blocks in, in terms of what we were expecting. And I mean, it's different this time around because um, you know Cardiff were, um, were when they were last here. I think they were a bit of an unknown quantity, and I think they did kind of surprise a lot of teams, probably Fulham included. Um, in terms of the way they played and in terms of the way they got results. And you know, I don't think anyone at the beginning of the season was expecting them to finish second. Whereas now, now that they've come down from the Premier League, um, they've, they've, they've sort of become the hunted, as it were. <laughs> I think right. you know, a lot, a, they are one of the bigger fishes in the division now. And I think you know, teams are raising their games. I mean, I was at the game up at Wigan and um, you know, Kai's played pretty poorly, I must admit. But at the end of that... You, you, the reaction of the Wigan team showed you showed you just how much a result against Cardiff for a team like Wigan means now, because Cardiff are seen as one of the bigger teams in this division, and you can't understand why. I mean, any team that comes down from the Premier League is always going to be seen as a bigger fish, but you know, it's it, 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 it's coping with that expectation, which I think has probably taken um, probably taken the team and perhaps even Neil Warnock a little by surprise, to be honest. Okay have to ask you about this player. You and I talked about this off air, talking about what's been going on this summer with Cardiff City. I'm still puzzled by Bobby Reed ending up at Fulman. I had to think to myself, there has to be something wrong with him. I don't think there's anything wrong with him. You and I were talking off air that it might just be a style issue. Your thoughts on Bobby Reed joining Fulman. I'm curious how Cardiff City supporters feel about that. And also going back to Kenneth Zohor, because again, maybe this is just my mentality, Tom. I wouldn't be selling these players to rivals. I just wouldn't be doing that. So I'm curious your view on that. Or, um, I'm sorry. Well, not, I think, well, well, selling it in the case of Bobby Reed on loan. Well, I think, um, well, first of all, it's important to stress that it's a loan in name only. Um, right. Bobby Reed will, will be a Fulham player in the summer. Um, I, it, it's, I understand there's an, there's an obligation to buy there. So and I think it's I think it's a fee of just over ten million pounds. So Bobby Reed isn't isn't going back to Cardiff. Um, but yeah, I, I mean at the same time, um, I think you've kind of summed up uh, how many Cardiff fans feel about it. To be honest, because I think a lot of Cardiff fans are pretty baffled themselves. Um, it's 
it's it's a difficult one really because you know the the, the fans have sort of felt like Reed has deserved a bit more of a chance. Um, certainly in the Premier League, they felt that he was a little bit uh, hard done by not to get a bit more game time. Um, particularly when he was brought in for for a pretty hefty fee in the summer. Uh, I mean, when you buy a player for that kind of fee when you're a promoted team, you do kind of expect them to play a key role. And I don't think Reed was ever really. Um, he didn't really, he didn't really hit those heights um, for various reasons. But I mean, in, in terms of what's going on behind the scenes, I, 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 I'm not too sure. Um, but it, it could just come down to the fact that Neil Warnock just doesn't, just doesn't fancy him. Um, just doesn't like, just doesn't think he, he's a good fit. And you know, I mean, if if you can't as a manager, if you if you have a system that's got a proven track record of getting teams up. Um, you can understand why you wouldn't sort of sacrifice that for the sake of one player, even if he, even if he has cost you about ten million or whatever it was, uh, kind of paid for him in the in, in the summer. But yeah, it took a lot of it took a lot of fans by surprise. Um, looking at the way Cardiff play, I'm not. I think, as I said, I, I'm not sure he does fit the style, but that's my personal opinion. But yeah, it's something that um, it's a question that I'm sure Cardiff fans will keep mulling over. Um, Bobby Reid isn't going to play on Friday, as I understand it. Uh, in fact, Neil Warnock actually had a bit of a jibe at him uh, today, saying that um, he wouldn't get in the Fulham team at the moment. So I don't know what your thoughts are on that. But, uh... <laughs> wow. <laughs> but yeah, Neil's in rare form, it, it, I guess. A strange one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's, Neil has. Um, He's, he's. I mean, he's already said that, that, that Fulham and Leeds are going to be the two teams to beat yeah. this season. Which, um, I mean, even that's kind of uh, rub rub fans up the wrong way. I mean, considering considering Cardiff were at one stage, you know, ahead of Fulham in terms of uh, right. in terms of points and that. So, um, you know, I think um, he's he's kind of sticking to the to the underdog status. Whether that's a good move, I don't know. Uh, it worked last time. Whether it'll work this time, I. I'm not so sure because, as I said earlier, you know, Cardiff are now. I mean, they have to be considered at least among some of the favourites to go off. But um, yeah, I mean, in terms of Kenneth Sahor, I, I, I think the bottom line is he just he, he didn't he didn't score enough goals, and <laughs> I think that's what right. it comes down to. Cardiff fans, and I think many within the club, perhaps were clinging to the to the good memories of you know, I mean, that that performance against Leeds where he was absolutely unstoppable that night. Um, that day he made you know John Terry look an absolute tool. Uh, <laughs> I think you know those sort of performances. Those sort of performances kind of made it a bit more frustrating when he didn't hit those heights because we all knew what he was capable of. But um, you know he, he was kind of in and out of the team. He was kind of in and out of um, Warnock was kind of in and in and out with love with him. Um, you know there were times where Warnock would sort of criticise him in the press for not being fit enough or not um, not. Applying himself enough in training, so you know again perhaps perhaps it was seen that as, that, that he was the sort of player that, that Cardiff could perhaps cash in on. I do think it's a bit of a bit strange that they thought it thought it acceptable to sell to a rival. But then having said that, the um, uh, to be honest with you, the reaction from West Brom fans from what they've seen as a whole so far hasn't been good. So perhaps Warnock's played that one right. I, you know, time will tell. But yeah, they are both definitely situations that, uh, that that took quite a few people by surprise down here. Okay, excellent. All right, 
let's um, move on and let's just focusing on what's been going on in the summer. I do have to ask you because you've been talking about the inconsistency of Cardiff. You know, again, they have seven points, so it hasn't been terrible. Fulham are at nine points. But I have to ask you about the Reading match because that was a, a shocker to me. Yeah, I think um, I think the Reading match was. Um, I don't think it's any exaggeration to say. I think it was among um, the worst performances that that, that Cardiff has ever put in under Neil Warnock. And um, you know, I think to be fair to Neil, I think he he knew that, and um, they uh, they did very well in in terms of addressing some of the wrongs of of that day and in, in beating Huddersfield in in the, in the following game. Um, the 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 concern is at the moment that um, you know the away form at the moment just, it just isn't good at, at this stage. Um, they haven't really put in uh, a sort of convincing performance on the road yet. I mean, I know it's only de- early days, and I think it's important to stress that for anyone who's um, anyone who's sort of questioning whether Neil's still the right guy for the job. I don't, you know, you can't sort of make those sort of judgments on the back of five games, even if there have been a couple of poor ones. But you know. <laughs> In, at Reading, just as at, at Wigan, um, there were overloads in the midfield, couldn't get a hold of the game. Obviously, you know, like I said, Cardiff don't 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 usually have a lot of possession in games anyway. But on this occasion, they, they allowed Reading far too much um, far too much uh, authority in terms of dictating uh, what happened in the midfield in the final third. And as I said, you know they just they. they the, uh, the, there's a, there's a bit of an impotence up front at the moment, and um, you know Robert Glatzel, as I said, he desperately desperately needs a goal. He's going to be he's there's a lot of hopes that he's going to be the main man, but um, you know he looks he looked a bit isolated in that game, and um, you know I think Warnock needs to find uh, needs to find a way to to sort of bring him into the game a, a bit more. Could that be Lee Tomlin? I don't know. Uh, Lee Tomlin certainly. Showing a bit more of a creative spark, perhaps a creative spark that Cardiff have been missing. Yep. Um, it's the strange thing is, is that some would argue that Bobby Reid could have done that, but, <laughs> but I don't know. But um, so, is that going to be an answer? I, I, I'm, I'm not so sure. But um, you know, it, 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 I would, I would say there were a lot of issues in that performance at Reading that 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 I think. Um, Showed that there's still a lot of work to be done on this team, and um, you know Warnock's still in the in the market for new players. Um, yeah, I saw that today. He was, today he was saying that you know that they've looked at 15 free agents. I read that. Uh, yeah, that they can that they can try and you know uh, snap up, and I think that kind of says it all. Really, I mean he knows yeah. that, the, that he doesn't quite have all the pieces yet. So we'll have to wait and see to see what happens with that. I mean, obviously they're not, they're not going to get anyone in before the Fulham game. But I mean, it's um, in terms of you know, how how they uh, how they run things towards January. We'll have to wait and see on that. But um, yeah, I th- you can see what he's trying to do. It's it's the same sort of um, philosophy that that right. Warnock's always had. But at the moment, for some for for several reasons, it's it's, it's just not quite clicking as much as it should do at the moment. Okay, but I, and I'll be the first to tell you, I still fear Cardiff City. I fear them in this match, and I fear them the rest of the season for all the reasons that we talked about earlier is that you already talked about this, Tom. Neil Warnock yeah. knows this division. He knows it well, and once he gets his team, 
I know Cardiff City are going to be in the mix. This might be what's going on right now. It's the beginning of the season. But I expect Cardiff City to be in the playoff hunt throughout the season. I, I do because I, I believe in what he does. I, I, I'm not I'm not a proponent of it. Let me just say I don't, I don't like his style at all. But I know that it's effective, and once it works, it will work. And it will drive me nuts because I can't stand watching his football. But I respect it. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. I mean, to be honest, there's there's a few Cardiff fans who don't particularly like watching it at the moment. But, you know, what I would say to them is, you know, give them a bit more time. And, you know, chances are he'll pull through for us. He but, will. I, I, I believe because, that. Because, yeah. because even last season, you know, even it, well, sorry, not last season, last time they were in the championship here, there was a spell round about sort of, Christmas time, January, where, you know, they had a bit of a rotten run, a bit of a shaky run. And people were asking questions then about, you know, whether um, whether Warnock was, was still the right guy to to get them up. But I think on that occasion, I mean, obviously, there, there wasn't as much expectation there as there is now. I think Cardiff fans, for the most part, were pretty happy to be there. But the style was still a bit of a sticking point. Right. And I think any fans who are sort of questioning now about it I, I would say what i said then which is that if it gets results it doesn't really matter who cares like if, if if cardiff city can get the results get the wins and you know be in the hunt for that sort of top six or four or whatever come the end of the season the side of play everything can be forgiven on that front right but i think about the, the results when you're not, ultimately it's about the results well, it is, yeah, but I think the, the problem Neil's got is that his brand of football is very easy to criticise if you're not winning games. <laughs> True. Um, and you know that that that's that, that's the issue at the moment. But you know, like I said, it's it. I mean, I, I go on Twitter and I look at social media and I chat to Cardiff fans and all that, and 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 some of them are being a little bit overboard in terms of you know, in terms of sort of panic. And I think yeah. you know. The, the success of Swansea earlier on in this season probably hasn't helped things. Sure, but um, because obviously they're playing a completely brand, a completely different brand of sort of expansive, tickly tappy football. That I think um, perhaps deep down, I think Cardiff fans are a little bit envious of. Um, although I don't think they would ever admit that. But you know, I would just say, you know, we've got a manager here who is he, he knows this league like the back of his hand. That's so right. Just give him the time. Give him give him the time to implement what he needs to do and I'm convinced that it, it will work out and if it, you know and if it doesn't then you know the fact of the matter the fact of the matter is we've got to remember where Cardiff were when Neil took over Cardiff right. were very in very much in very real danger of sinking down to League One so I think even even if it doesn't quite go as planned this season I think Neil Warnock can still hold his head up high and say do you know what I did a very very good job at that club he's brought He's brought the club together in a way that you know we haven't seen for many many years. So yes, there's going to be the criticism of his style and everything, but I mean, it, it, people need to remember the wider job he's done at this club. And you know, but football's a fickle business, and you know, yep. you get three or four bad results, and the pressure's already on. And you know, I'm not going to lie, there is a little bit of pressure on Neil Warnock. The, the, sure. the defeat, the defeat to Luton Town and the League Cup uh, the other night. Um, it has only added to that, despite the fact that you know he's, he had six academy players in in, in the match day squad. So it's it's it, it's a funny old game, but I mean I can see I can sort of see where fans are coming from on it. Yeah. But you know I think perhaps 
we just need a little bit a little bit of calmness, a little bit of reality check, just to see just to, you know, allow Warnock to do what he does best, which is, you know, winning winning games in the championship. Yeah, and that's the bottom line for me. Listen, I'm no fan of his brand of football. I think I made that perfectly clear. But I do respect mm-hmm. what he does and I know by the end of the season that Cardiff City are going to be amongst the top six. I truly believe that because I believe in what this guy does will mm. give results. And the results will come. And I would just say to Cardiff City supporters, if they're listening to this, this is someone that is from a fan of another club that does not like Neil Warnock style football. <laughs> I'm just telling you, it's going to come good. I truly believe that. I just hope it doesn't come good on Friday. That's all I'm going to say about that. All right, mm. John. Now, We've done this last season when we talked about strengths and weaknesses. I don't think we have to spend too much time. I think we've already kind of established it, that the strength has to be defense, and it has been in the past, and you're still struggling to score goals. Is it fair to say those are the strengths and weaknesses? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> to be honest, although, to, as, I said, as I said earlier, I think that the, the, the centre-back pairing of Flint and Morrison is really – you know, is is very very strong, particularly you know for the more aerially um, inclined teams. I mean, it's the sort of back four now where there's there's, there's no point putting across him because it's just going to be dealt with. And then you've got the likes of Lee Peltier and Joe Bennett, uh, very ferocious in the tackle, pretty useful going forward as well. And then you know Clinton and Morrison too are, are, are pretty are pretty handy from the set piece due to their aerial presence. I would. My only concern, and I saw this against Wigan, uh, is that without Manga and without Bamba, there's not a massive amount of pace in that back four. So when when they were up at Wigan um, in that first half, Wigan was sort of sort of trying to go quite direct, sort of pinging crosses in, trying to get trying to get the ball into the box sort of as quickly as they could, and it was being dealt with by Flint or Morrison or whatever pretty easily but as soon as they got it on the deck that's when there were problems because I, when Wigan won the first penalty you know Morrison completely dealt the pace he's only only uh, only given sort of he's only had a, a half yard or whatever to make up on, on his man couldn't do it gave away a penalty and then that, there was no looking back from that really so you know that would be my concern for Cardiff um, especially coming into this game because you know, Fulham do have a bit of pace in their team. I wouldn't yep. say, I wouldn't say they are a, a, a direct, uh, a direct side. Although when you've when you've got the likes of Alexander Mitrovic up front, you've always got that in your locker because he he is a player that can very much fit into that kind of style of very direct football. So perhaps you know if it's not going well, he is a sort of player you can sort of lump it up to, and he can sort of hustle and bustle, hold up the ball in the final third and, you know, give you another dimension, I guess. So, you know, that's something that's, that, that that would be my concern heading into this game. But I think, you know, on the whole, Fulham seem to be, I mean, I've not watched a lot of Fulham, I must, I must admit, but looking at the results, I mean, you guys seem to have quite a bit of inconsistency yourselves. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, it's interesting that, that we're talking you, you're talking about Cardiff but I could say the same thing about Fulham and I think it's been interesting because we see the glimpses of the team that they can become and then they face Nottingham Forest and, and they did a job on Fulham and they made it difficult on them so 
it's uh, evident that they're not the finished product yet, but they are, I think, heading in the right direction. And that's going to lead me to ask you about players that you're concerned. I, I do want to mention this because we, we were talking about Harry Arthur before. He will feature in this match because he mm-hmm. was on loan to Cardiff City last season, so I'm glad that you talked about him. But he is a Bournemouth player, so he will feature in this match. And I have to tell you, Tom, he's been a bright spot. He uh, was many fans' man of the match last week, and every match he showed why Fulham wanted him because he's he's a leader in, in central midfield. And uh, putting him with uh, Kearney and, say, if it's Johansson, it's really worked out well. So I, I know I'm speaking out loud here saying the players that you're concerned. I would say you've already talked about I think you should be concerned about Harry Archer in this match, but who else concerns you? Well, I think yeah, I think it's the usual suspects, really. Kearney, Knockout, I think, is a fantastic signing. Um, someone who's very, very seasoned at, at this level knows exactly what it is. He's the sort of player that I can imagine Neil Warnock actually really, really liking as well. Cavalera as well, another cracking signing. I think you can take your pick out of any of those, really, because any of those players are the sort of players that can that can that can hurt teams at this level. Um, okay. And and of course, as as we mentioned earlier, earlier, Alexandra Mitrovic is is a great is a really talismanic striker in the championship. Yep. It's not quite worked out from a Premier League level. I don't, not quite too sure what the reasons are for that. But I guess that's a separate conversation. But certainly at sure. this level, in fact, Warnock himself. Is name dropped Mitrovic a few times, um, so I think it's safe to say he's a bit of a fan, and he's definitely a sort of player that I think Warnock will be um, will, will, will be looking to keep quiet. But like I said, there's there's so many options in midfield, so many options that um, that can provide that injection of pace and provide that um, attacking intent in the, in the final third. But you know, I think I, I think if, if Fulham are going to be given the level of level of possession that I'm, I'm sure they will be given. Uh, I mean, we saw in that game against Millwall um, just how much you guys can dominate. Uh, oh, yeah. I think, what was it, sort of 80%, something like that? It was a, something like, I, I believe it was, it was 85%, I think. Yeah, yeah. crazy. I, I, believe it, I believe it was an, a, a championship record. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, if they turn up and play like that, I think, um, I think Cardiff's back four could be in for a a pretty busy, uh, pretty busy afternoon. But as you as you mentioned, the game against Forest shows that you know if you can weather weather that storm, there's always a potential lap, lapse of concentration in that yeah. Fulham defence. There's 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 always Absolutely. a potential mistake there, and if you can capitalise on it in the way that Nottingham Forest did uh, last week, you know, I, it, it, to be honest, it's it, it, that sort of game plan kind of plays right into Cardiff's hands. I mean. They, they won games last time they were down here on right. that basis alone. You know, letting letting teams have the ball, soaking up pressure, hitting them on the counter attack. Because um, I mean, because the thing is, Cardiff are Cardiff do have players who can get it on the deck and uh, and play. Um, you know, the likes of Josh Murphy, um, Mendes Lang, who I'm, I don't think is going to be uh, going to be playing, but uh, right. nevertheless, he is the sort of player who um, who can sort of. Uh, Launch, uh, launch, uh, launch threat, threats on the counter attack, and um, you know I think that's where Cardiff will be looking to get the most joy. And then of course you got the set pieces. Joe Rowles very adept, at, uh, very adept from the free kick. Yep. And um, when you got the height of that, um, uh, when you got the height of 
the likes of Morrison, Flint, Glatzel as well. Glatzel's a huge presence. Then I think you know, if you can weather that storm early on and take it, take your opportunities, who knows? You can get that. You, you could set yourself up for a smash and grab win. So you know there are weaknesses in that Fulham team, definitely. Sure, absolutely. But, uh, I'm, I mean, I'd be I'd be curious to know what what you make of. The, the weaknesses in the team at the moment. Because, well, the weaknesses, um, is yeah. definitely, it's defense. And uh, I've said this, and uh, I'm still not sold on the goalkeeper, to be honest with you. Marcus Bettinelli, I think that uh, has not shown me enough to have full faith in him at this point. And uh, mm. he's given up a couple goals that, I, in my opinion, he should have done better on. And then, of course, you've already mentioned this, Tom. You can have all the possession in the world like Fulham had against, say, Millwall, or even how they were dominating the play against Nottingham yeah. Forest. But all it takes yeah. is two mistakes, and that's what it was in this match, two mistakes by Fulham's defense, and yeah. you lose 2-1. to one. So yeah. that is a recipe, and that is a blueprint. And uh, if I was a, a team playing Fulham, I would look at what Nottingham Forest did. I certainly, And I'd look at what Barnsley did. And that, to me, is on Fulham to raise their game to deal with the issues that they had in those two matches and learn from it. Because if I'm a Neil Warnock, I'm looking at those matches and thinking there's something that we can do to hurt this team. And right now, as you, you're asking me defensively, it's okay. But again, they are are prone to make mistakes. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Well, I think I'll be. Uh, I think I'll be music to uh, Neil Warnock's here, definitely. <laughs> well, I don't want to do that, but okay. All right. <laughs> All right. All right, my friend. Let's finish up here, and this is the section I, I call prediction. First, I I always like to get your view on how Cardiff City can win this match, and then how you think Fulham can win this match, and then your overall prediction. So let's start with Cardiff City. How do they beat Fulham on Friday? Um. They've got to defend very, very well. <laughs> um, I, like I said, you know the 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 attacking options that Fulham have got um, are so numerous at the moment. But you know, Cardiff are really going to have to be top on top of their game defensively. I think the the advantage that they've got at the back is that that back four is very, very settled. I mean, Bennett and Peltier, uh, you know, are, are always going to be the two fullbacks. Always, um, and then you've got the, pe- the pairing of Morrison and Flint. And as I said, as I keep saying, you know they've they've really um, struck up an, a decent understanding in that back four. So, you know, I I think they do have what it takes to keep Fulham at bay. Um, but um, my concern is whether they can put it in the, put the ball in the back of the net. Um, I would say the most likely. The most likely way of doing that is probably from something like a set piece, right. uh, maybe, um, because Cardiff are, that is an area where Cardiff are very, very strong. Um, if they can get Josh Murphy into the game, perhaps they can uh, hit Fulham on the counter-attack or something like that. Um, but the real, the, the real fascinating player for me on Friday, and it really depends on whether he plays, is Lee Tomlin. Um, because for me, in terms of technical ability, there's not many better than Lee Tomlin in his position. He is one of the he is one of the most technically gifted number tens in the championship, in my opinion. But for for one reason or another, he's 
he's just not quite hit the heights for for for, for Cardiff. I mean, he's had, he's had a lot of personal problems, which you know I won't get into on here, but um, yep. a lot of problems off the pitch. He's perhaps not um, perhaps not trained as hard as he probably should have done during his stay. And and to be to be to his credit, he knows that he's he's really sort of um, gritted his teeth and tried to um, tried to turn that around. But he has that ability to sort of create a chance out of totally nothing. And you know, if he's on form, he's going to ask Fulham some very, very tough questions, um, especially he, if he can maybe link up with, I mean, I, I assume it will be Glatzel starting up front. Yep. Um, if he can show some kind of understanding with him in the final third, I think it, it, that could cause Fulham quite a few problems. But... Um, the problem is that's a very big if because he's such a he's, he's so in and out of games now, um, and uh, I, I don't mean that in terms of you know how he performs. I mean that literally right. because you know he's, he's not played um, an awful lot of football for Cardiff City uh, since he joined, um, and yeah, I think Warnock's a little bit cautious on on giving him a full ninety minutes. Uh, at the moment, but um, you know, if, if if he plays and if he's on if he's on top form, you know, we could see something special. But um, okay. like I said, otherwise, uh, otherwise, I would say either a set piece or on counter attack. Okay, so let's flip it. How to form win this match? How to form win it? Um, well, I think if Fulham score early, put the pressure on Cardiff, keep the home crowd quiet. Put a bit of pressure on in midfield. If Arta runs the game, I think they'll have, uh, you know, that, that that could well be enough, really. Um, okay. Obviously, that goes without saying that it goes without saying that they'll have to cut out the mistakes at the back because you know Cardiff are the sort of team that can punish those sorts of things, uh, even even though they are looking a little bit uh, blunted up front at the moment. Um, but that is the sort of game plan that Neil Warnock likes. But I think if they can cut out the mistakes at the back, Arthur can run the midfield like I think we all know he can. You and I both know what Harry Arthur is like at his best. And I mean, you know, we, we, <laughs> I, I, I'm sure I don't need to go into uh, into the wealth of attacking talent that Fulham has again. So yeah, I I think if they can get the pressure on early, get the sort of crowd a little bit edgy. Um, I, Keep asking questions. Keep the ball. You know, I think I think I think Cardiff will find it very very difficult to come back from it. If I'm honest, um, but yeah, okay. it, uh, I I think it's it's it, it's very much the same as it was last season. Really, it's just a, it's what makes <laughs> games like this so fascinating is that it's yeah. two, the clash of two very very different styles and two styles. Very that, different. Um, yeah. I mean, Fulham are very kind of admired, I think, in terms of the, the brand of football they played. Even Neil Warnock likes it, to be honest. Uh, he's always talking about how great a team Fulham are and how you know, I know. How, how great they are to watch, uh, <laughs> which, which seems unbelievable when you think about what his brand of football is like. But, you know, different managers like different things, don't they? I mean, different yeah. managers it's like... It's very to, interesting like that like he points play. out that and then he plays the way he plays. It, right. Mm. It, it's it's, it's uh, very... Very interesting that he looks at it that way. All right, Tom, just to wrap things up, it's time for predictions. You Give your prediction, oh, then I'll oh, give oh. mine. Well, I predicted a Cardiff win last time, and I think we all know how that turned out. So, <laughs> um, I, I think I think, I think think 1-1. I think, I think if Cardiff can get a draw, I think they'll see that as a good result. Okay. I'm going to go 2-1 to one to form. 
and this is based on them bouncing back from Nottingham Forest and getting into the form that they've shown against Huddersfield Town and then the second half in that match, and then, of course, against Millwall. I think there are going to be a bunch of players that are going to be very disappointed with how they played against Nottingham Forest. The big thing, will they have learned anything from that match? If they have, they can beat Cardiff City. If they haven't, and they make these mistakes once again, and and uh, if Neil Warnock has the game plan that is going to, like you said, soak up the pressure and take advantage of the mistakes, then it might not go their way. But I'm going to go two to one to Fulham, and we'll see what happens. All right, Tom, listen, thank you so much for joining me tonight. I really, really appreciate it. No worries. Thanks for having me, Russ. Cheers. Just before we go, just tell everyone how they can follow you on Twitter and reach you and read you. Oh, right. Uh, so, um, yeah, my, my, my Twitter handle is uh, Tom E. Coleman. And, um, yeah, the, my, my stuff is available at wellsonline.co.uk. Okay, excellent. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Cottage Talk. For my very special guest, Tom Coleman, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you, as always, for listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute. And all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping. And you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants. 18 plus. Serving times. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.